What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Rob Goldberger. And today, we're back. The NFL season right around the corner. We're finally back with our weekly predictions. I know this is my favorite part of the show we go through each year. This year, we're going to keep track of it, maybe have a little prize at the end for whoever wins. We'll see what happens with that. But we will be talking some NFL football today. But first... We are going to talk some baseball. Rob's a big baseball guy, so I'm going to take advantage of that. We're going to talk a little more baseball now down the stretch, especially since it is September and there are still a lot of races, specifically the NL East, which has become very interesting over the past week or so um, with the Phillies and Mets kind of crawling back. It seemed like they were dead for a bit, but both of them are right there. The Phillies two out, the Mets three and a half out. So it's going to be a very interesting finish. Obviously, the wild cards are very close as well. So, Rob, I mean, we'll start with with you on this. The NL East, I guess we can kind of start with. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Obviously, the Phils, I know Reese Hoskins, you've said it yourself, is a big part of that lineup. He's basically out for the season. So what are your thoughts? I mean, who do you think will end up coming on top out of this race? Unfortunately, I'm still going to have to pick Atlanta just because I've seen the Phils collapse in September too many times. And, you know, despite their easy schedule, they have teams like the Orioles. They have a series against the Pirates at the end of the year. They have another series against the Marlins. Who, you know, they, they do, the Marlins do kill them always. It's a September Marlins tra- are pesky. They're just it, a pesky team. It's a September tradition for the Phillies at this point. But uh, I, I just don't see the Phillies or the Mets being consistent enough. You and I both know they've dropped some uh, games to, you know, some really bad teams, which despite, you know, take – only taking one out of three from the Rockies. Atlanta usually seems to beat up on those bad teams more effectively, you know, than the Mets and the Phils do, which is why they've been the division champion three years running prior to this. So uh, I'm going to have to go with the Braves, but, uh, you know, it's an open race, you know, three teams separated by three and a half games or less. So I think it's really an open race, but I would have to go with Atlanta still if I were going to pick a winner as of today. Yeah. um, I think, I think, I mean, just looking at the schedule, I think what this is going to come down to is the last three games of the season, which is the Mets playing the Braves in Atlanta. I think that's going to be the key series because right now we're three and a half out. So theoretically, the Mets are right there where they need to be to be, you know, in contention with the Braves. So for me, I mean, the Mets have really come on. I mean, at one point, I believe it was it was I believe six under eight and a half out. It was they were and now they're one over five hundred and three and a half out. So they've clearly been able to make up some ground, which they needed to after that horrific NL West stretch. They went out and have beat up on the Nats, the Marlins. I think they've only lost one game or so to those teams so far. So it's been a really good run. They've won about, you know, eight or, or of their last nine, something like that, eight of their last 10. So they're playing good baseball. And the key has been their offense. The pitching has been, you know, whatever this series, they've blown some leads and whatnot. But the offense has gotten going. You've seen guys like Lindor, Baez really start to contribute. That's what they need. Conforto looks a lot better. Um, Alonzo's hitting the ball well. He's hit all well. Or he's hit well all year. So that's going to be the key. If their offense can keep going against the good teams, against the teams like the Brewers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, those teams that come up in this stretch. So for me, I mean, I think the Braves are definitely the team right now that you have to look at and say this is, you know, it's going to be tough to take them down just because they also have a really easy schedule. Um, but they do have some games in there against the the Padres at the end of the year. They have a simulated game that they're already losing. So there are some things that go against them. But, you know, I, I think the Braves are definitely, you know, it's going to be a little challenging just because of that schedule. And the Mets definitely have the hardest schedule of the three teams. The yeah. Phillies, I mean, I don't want to count. I don't want to count the Phillies out, but 
I just don't feel like they're going to get it done. I feel like if I, if I had to pick two of these teams that would be, you know, one, two at the end of the year, I feel like I'd say Braves Mets. I just feel like, um, I mean, it might be recency bias with the way the Mets are playing, but I feel a little more confident with the way the Mets are playing than the Phillies. I feel like the Phillies are, you know, they've got a good top of that rotation, but there's just some inconsistency at times. And same with the offense, the offense, you know, if it, if, if it starts, you know, not, not perform the way it has as of late, um, I, I really don't think, you know, it's going to go well, but I mean, any of these three teams can win. I'd say the Braves right now are probably the team to beat. Um, but I mean, I think the key for the Mets, um, you know, as a Mets fan, you just got to get within one or, or, or so games. Uh, I mean, if you can be one game back in that last series, that'd be great. And then you just have to win two of three. Otherwise, a sweep and, and you win the division. So I think the Mets are in a good spot um, just because of that last series that they just got to figure out a way to get, you know, at least within three games by then to, you know, have a chance. I normally would agree with you, you know, predictable Phillies collapse coming, except they do. These are some of the teams they're playing in the month of September. The Rockies, the Cubs, they have a series against the Mets, which is you know, guaranteed to be huge. The Orioles followed by a four game series against the pirates all at home. So yeah, it's an easy schedule, I mean, a really easy schedule, but those two, they're going to be two crucial series Uh, the 17th to the 19th with the Mets. And then the 28th to the 30th with the Braves. I think those are two for all three teams involved that those series could decide the division. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Head to head play will be huge. There's a lot of bad baseball played in this division. Uh, you know, there would be, uh, there's a lot of injury. I think probably more than any other division, maybe even combined in the, in the uh, major league baseball, each team has, you know, gone significant portions of the season without, you know, one of their top three hitters, you guys with the Grom, obviously losing the best pitcher in baseball, uh, Hoskins, the backbone of our lineup. And then obviously Atlanta losing, you know, an MVP, you know, a perennial MVP candidate at this point, uh, uh, it really might just be who gets the finish line the healthiest. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Brave Sands had a scare when Ozzy Albies went down the other day. He turned out to be okay, thankfully. But, you know, it really might just be a matter of, as it is in so many sports and so many times in Major League Baseball, who gets to the finish line the healthiest. Yeah. I mean, the Mets' Brandon Nimmo went down this past weekend. That's going to be bad. I mean, he's been, uh, you know, a key in that top of the lineup. Jonathan VR though, has been the key. The, the Ilar brothers, as they like to call him, Jonathan VR right now, on one of the hottest streaks I've ever seen a major league player hit. I mean, this guy just goes up and just gets hits each time. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and, and Kevin Pillar, you know, he's, he's in a lot of homers. He's been hot this past week. So, you know, if guys like that can show up in the Mets and, and you know, fill the void that Nimmo, um, you know, that they're going to miss with Nimmo, hey, you know, that, that'd be huge for them. Yeah, uh, certainly. Uh, on to some better baseball. The NL West race is absolutely yes. – insane and Griffin and I were actually just talking before we started recording that we can't believe that the Giants are still on top you know edging out this Dodgers super team by just this fine margin you know we'll see if we can they can get there at the end but if they would I mean I think it probably one of the most surprising things in Major League Baseball and you know I, I can't even remember you know all these guys you thought you're watched and you're watching them you know get base hit after base hit RBI after RBI you know it's crazy it is crazy. I mean, the San Francisco Giants, you even look at the box score each night, you see the averages. It's not even that impressive. I mean, there's guys hitting like 220 and whatnot, and you're just kind of like, how is this team 37 games over 500? Their pitching has been fantastic. That's been the, one of the reasons they've been so good. You look at that rotation, you got Kevin Gosman, 
Alex Wood's been great. He's Buffani. Logan Webb has been one of the best pitchers in baseball recently. He's come out of nowhere. He's been fantastic. Their bullpen's been good. And another thing, I mean, depth has been a reason that they've been so good. They've got every player on that team, really, they rotate and start. I mean, they've got guys. I mean, there's so many guys to name, but guys who come to mind, like they got Wilmer Flores. They've got so many guys in the outfield. Alex Dickerson, Mikey Stremski, Steven Duger. Like there's just guys and guys everywhere that can play every position. Brian is there. Obviously, he's a beast. Brandon Crawford's been a fantastic. Brandon Belt's been great. So they've got guys who have, you know, really resurged. Um, but moving on, like you said, I mean, this race between really the Giants and Dodgers, the Padres have, you know, really been a disappointment yeah. this year. I mean, only nine over 500. People were saying this would be a team that would be, you know, top two in baseball. And, and they've been far from that. This is a team that, you know, really might miss the playoffs now, um, to be honest, with their tough schedule. They do not. They play, you know, only teams above 500, except for the Los Angeles Angels, who are basically a 500 team. So. Um, it's going to be a tough stretch for the Padres, but um, their pitching just has not been. They've traded for a lot of those pitchers, and they just have not performed the way that they expected. Blake Snell, Udar. I mean, Udar was great the first half, but not as great. Joe Musgrove's probably been the best guy they got, um, but pitching's been underwhelming. Um, but moving on to the Dodgers, uh, before I toss this to you, I mean, the Dodgers right now are, uh, you know, this is a team, they have suffered some injuries this year. I'll give them that, um, and they've persevered. Um, obviously, they lost Bauer to, you know, the whole, you know, sexual assault issue. Um, Clint Kershaw has been really banged up, but still, this is a team that acquired Max Scherzer at the deadline. They acquired Trey Turner at the deadline. They've got endless arms. They've got endless amounts of talent. So I don't really feel bad for them. This team should still have won the division um, or still should win the division um, over the Giants who, you know, really, you know, that's just a team built on depth. Um, one thing with the Dodgers that I think, you know, it's really interesting to watch is, is Cody Bellinger. I mean, this guy has completely fallen off the face of the earth. He is, you know, batting like 160 now, he is horrific. He went from an MVP to, you know, a guy that really they, sh I know he's, a, you know, a plus defender out in center, but yeah, I think they got to really question starting him, especially once you get to the playoffs. I mean, this guy, you just can't trust him. Sure. He'll hit a big home run every once in a while, but he has been really bad. And, and I think if, you know, that's been the difference, honestly, between the reason why, you know, this lineup has been great and not, you know, superstar because, you know, before you looked at Cody Bellinger, you said, you know, that's an MVP candidate. They've got Mookie Betts. He's an MVP candidate. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Trey Turner's great now, obviously, Justin Turner, Chris Taylor. Um, yeah. But with Bellinger, you know, the way he's playing, um, sort of it's just provided a bit of a weakness in that lineup. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the Dodgers should win this division, but the way it's gone, I, honestly, I just feel like the Giants will, will figure it out and, and probably win this thing. The season series is over, too. So no more head to head. I just like those two teams. Dodgers are a team that I would say most people would still say are favorites to win the whole, you know, World Series. I mean, they're the, yeah. the, the you know, the $300 million payroll. I mean, this is a team that, you know, we can talk about Bellinger and, you know, whether he'll figure it out. But at the end of the day, this is a team that's still 35 games above 500. They're a team that, yeah. you know, when you see them on the schedule, you, you're cowering in fear. And when your rivals are playing them, you say, pump, you give yourself a fist bump, say yes, you know. I think this is a team that ooh, I think this team will dominate in the, in the playoffs. I really do. I think this team, I, I think I think have faith in the giants because I like, I actually like Gabe Kapler. I'd like to see him do well, but uh, I just, I think the Dodgers will just cakewalk through the NL playoffs. That's my, that's my early prediction. Interesting. 
That's interesting. I mean, I love Gabe Kapler, the glasses. I mean, what a look. I mean, that guy's looking good every time he's on the field. I mean, best looking manager in the league. I think Gabe's got it by a mile, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, um, Dodgers, I mean, that's got to be the team. Obviously, in a wild card situation, anything can happen. So they don't want to be in that. Um, you know, I think the team that would give them the most trouble would be the Milwaukee Brewers, um, a team that's really just, you know, built on pitching. I mean, you look at that big three, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, and, you know, guys like Hayter, Devin Williams in the bullpen, that's not going to be easy to face. Um, their lineup's pretty competent, too. They don't have, you know, too many superstars now that Yelich is, you know, kind of mm-hmm. faded and, and struggled with injuries. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a quality lineup. Willie Adamas has really become a stud um, in Milwaukee. Good for him. Change of scenery is clearly important. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, but I do want to move on to the AL and really specifically the wild card race. Um, which has kind of, you know, distanced itself recently. The Yankees obviously in first by half a game. Boston's right there. And then outside, you've got the Mariners. You've got the Athletics separated by a few games or so. Um, you know, the Blue Jays are also right there. Um, you know, those are probably the main teams competing. So I kind of want to get your thoughts uh, on the wildcard situation in the AL. Um, who you like, you know, who do you think is the best team in that group? And, uh, you know, what your prediction is for how will finish out in these last 20 or so games. So what's interesting to me is that Seattle, a lot of people kind of thought like, you know, they kind of packed it in. A lot of people were like, are they packing it in at the deadline? Despite, you know, being like eight games over 500 and they traded their best reliever to, you know, the team they're competing with directly in the division. They're only four and a half games out, by the way, you know, they're not the the West, the the AOS, excuse me. It's probably not, you know, the Astros will probably see it through, but you know, it's not out of sight for the Mariners there. Uh, but I just think it's interesting. I think they're a very good baseball team. It's just the, the AL is so competitive, man. It's wild. Uh, but yeah. I, I think a lot of people are counting the Mariners out here. I mean, they're three games out. They have a lot to play for, both in the division and the wild card. I mean, I, I just think it's interesting to me how a lot, of, you know, they might have – a lot of people I saw, you know, it'll be network saying, you know, I just remember the time, oh, they're, sell, they're packing it in, you know, they're selling, this might be done, and then – you know, they're only here, they're only three games out, but the best of it, the best team in this bunch, you know, the wild card bunch, I guess, which is, includes, you know, five teams, I would say. Uh, yeah. I think the Yankees are far and away the best team in the bunch. I mean, at, 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 the post deadline Yankees have been phenomenal. They've slowed down a little bit, but they, I mean, after the deadline, what, what, how many games out of how many did they win? Do you remember? It, it was a lot out of a lot. It was a ton. I mean, they went like 20 and like four or something like yeah. insane, something around there. I, I also think the Red Sox are very strong, but I think the Yankees are far and away the best team out of the bunch. Yeah, um, I think, you know, the Yankees, the way they've played, they're definitely a top team. The one concern for me, obviously in a wild card setting, it won't be a problem with Garrett Cole, but the rest of that rotation to me is just, I, I just don't love it. I mean, yeah, you've got Corey Kluber who's come back. Um, to be honest, I don't even know how he's fared. I haven't really checked the box score with him. But outside of, I mean, those two guys, Severino is just setback after setback. I don't think you can expect anything, nor should I think, you know, I don't think he'll really start for them. Um, you're a month to go in the season um, to ramp up that much and just throw him into these meaningful games. I don't think that's going to go too well, to be honest. Um, I don't think you can count on him for anything. And then you've got like Jamison Tyone, Jordan Montgomery, guys like that. Um I just don't like it. So to me, in a long-term playoff series, but some of these teams like the Rays, the Astros, the White Sox, um, it could be rough. But that said, they're the best team in this bunch for sure. The Red Sox, like you said, are right there. 
I like the Blue Jays a lot. The Blue Jays have played great baseball. They've won four in a row. Um, they've really kind of bounced back um, after a bit of a weak stretch. Their lineup is great. Simeon Guerrero, um, you know, uh, Bichette. I mean, the name goes on. Teoscar, George Springer, and whatnot. And then the rotation has been solid, too. Robbie Ray has, you know, really turned his career around. It was kind of crazy to see, honestly. Um, you know, Robbie Ray is one of the best pitchers. He's an AL Cy Young candidate at this point, um, which is crazy to think after, you know, how much he struggled. Good for him. So I like the Blue Jays. The Mariners, like you mentioned, I mean, I think they're an all right team. Um, I think they'll be up there, but I, I don't think they'll be able to squeeze in the playoffs. I just think down the stretch, um, I don't love their pitching, to be honest. They've had some guys who, you know, Paul Seawald, Chris Flexen, former Mets, have really helped their team. Um, but I just don't see them squeezing in. I think the A's would overtake them at some point. Um, and, you know, one thing with the Mariners is it has been nice to see Jared Kalenic suck as much as he has. He has been god-awful. Um, I believe I checked the I checked baseball reference the other day. He has a negative 1.8 war, um, which is just beautiful to see. I mean, that is in pretty bad. So Jared Klenick, um, you know, we won't have to hear about him for at least another year or so um, and how he's going to torture the Mets. Maybe it was a good trade. Maybe Edwin Diaz is going to be better. Who knows? That require Jared to be really, really bad. I mean, he has not translated well to the major leagues. I mean, it's been pretty bad to see. He, he, he's a young guy, though. He's a young guy. I'll feel, I have faith he'll figure it out. Um, yeah, I'm sure he will. The talent's there, no question. But uh, it's been interesting to see him struggle, that's for sure. For sure. Um, All right. So with that, I think we can move on to uh, a little NBA real quick. We're not going to talk about this for too long. Just touch on it briefly and maybe give some predictions. But – this past week, it was reported that Ben Simmons wants out of Philadelphia. Obviously, this you know post uh, playoff thing has kind of been a mess. I mean, the fans want him gone. Uh, we'll give Rob uh, you know the floor here in a sec to talk his feelings on it. But it's interesting to hear reports that Ben uh, himself wants out. I think a fresh start. He clearly wants it. Um, you know, he needs it after that kind of playoff run. It was pretty embarrassing to see the least. So, Rob, uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on the situation? What are your thoughts on Ben Simmons? Do you want them to you know? Keep Ben Simmons, or at this point, is it totally, you know, totally lost? He's got to go. I think, I think from the moment that that clock hit zero, I think it was inevitable that Ben was either going to request a trade, or you know, he was going to, he was going to leave. There's just no way it could stay. You know, I went to the, I went to Game Seven with my dad. Actually, I said that to him right after. I said, "There's no way he can play here again." Um, the thing that frustrates me with Ben is that you know he's such a talented guy, and so much of the time. He just looks like he doesn't want it enough, you know, which is so frustrating considering how dramatically he improved. He's been, you know, since he came to the league on defense, but, you know, on offense, it just looks like he's totally disinterested and he refuses to improve on that. And, and I think the thing that a lot of Philly fans are scared of, or sorry, of Philly fans are mad at is not that, you know, Ben struggled, but Ben looks scared against, I still believe this an inferior Atlanta Hawks team. Uh, I mean, you know, Ben, he disappears in the fourth quarter. And for years and years, I defended him. I say, I'll figure it out. You know, he's a young guy. He's still a young guy. Maybe he will figure it out, but not not in Philly. And they have to maximize Joel Embiid's prime because I think he's one of the most talented bigs the NBA has seen in a very long time. Uh, I think he was putting up, you know, 30, 10, and 10 with one, on one leg last playoffs, uh, last playoff series, and the rest of the team – let him down and that's not just Ben it's not you know the blame isn't solely on Ben the coaching Tobias Harris kind of disappeared towards the latter end of the series but uh I just think 
you know, a lot of Philly fans are just mad that Ben refuses. He plays scared. And, you know, you can't play scared in the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I agree with you that, you know, once that series ended, it, it was just time for uh, a change for both of them. Um, and I think also part of the reason it's time for a change is just because, you know, it just hasn't worked out in Philly in general in terms of success. Yeah, they've been in the playoffs. They've been riding the hunt. They've won, you know, the, the regular season, but they've never been able to get it done in the playoffs. Um, obviously, their closest they came really was that Kawhi series where it hit that buzzer beater. I mean, they were right there um, to make it. And, you know, who knows what would have happened in overtime that year. They had a good team, too, with Jimmy Butler was there. Um, that could have been a could have been championship team right there. I have to drop a stat about that. Uh, about that team because this is one of my favorite stats ever that starting lineup of ben jj jimmy tobias and joel had the highest playoff net rating of all time in those two series wow and what killed them sorry i, I always go off on a tangent about this team but what killed them <laughs> they had like a seven-man rotation and they had to play like boban and greg monroe in the playoffs and whenever Embiid was out they were like a minus 90 and when he played he was they were like a one plus 120 and, you know, clearly history repeats itself. So, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I think Philly, they just need to reset and uh, change their, shake their core up a bit. Obviously, the team is built around Embiid. To be honest, anyone else, though, should be made available and, you know, should be willing to be dealt. I don't think Tobias Harris is really going to be able to be dealt with that contract. I don't think teams are really going to be seeking him. Uh, sure, he's a great player, but worth that much money? Probably not. Um, but Ben Simmons obviously is kind of that crown jewel that they'll be trading. And, you know, we'll see what happens when they get a deal done. They kind of have to at this point, um, which is not a great spot for them, obviously, because you want to maximize return. And, you know, as we've seen kind of just in history, uh, when a team knows that, you know, players disgruntled, situations not working out, they're not going to pay up as much. So, um, you know, hopefully Philly can maximize that return. But I agree with you. I think Ben's time in Philly uh, probably has, has come to an end. Yeah, um, right. it's a shame, yeah. but that's how it is. It is what it is. And moving away from basketball, we'll be back to the, the NBA at some point in the next month or so. Um, but the NFL, this is what you know we're really going to be talking about on this podcast. Um, mainly, I mean, baseball will definitely keep talking about. But NFL is what this thing is built on, to be honest. How it was established outside the arena is built on the NFL. So we're going to talk about it obviously we're filming this on a monday you'll see this on monday so um you know week one starts this week thursday we've got the cowboys we've got the bucks um before we go into our weekly predictions i want to talk about some of the cuts from this past week most specifically cam newton um which really made headways in the nfl patriots going with mac jones they're not going to bring newton uh, you know onto the team um you know what was your reaction to that that move and you know your thoughts about it now uh, I was a little surprised, you know, when I uh, saw that he was cut. I wasn't surprised that Mac won the job, though. I mean, I think he outperformed Cam. I was actually, you know, I, I, I just think there's, let me, how do I phrase this? I think having Cam on the team was not worth the risk for a guy like Bill Belichick, who's, you know, predicated on success and winning and anything he does that's detrimental, you know, that he deems detrimental to winning you know, he'll cut ties with that immediately. And uh, unfortunately, Cam's vaccine status, you know, if he gets a breakthrough case or anything like that, I think 
most people would agree, you know, in the media and otherwise, even fans would agree that that played probably a pretty big part in him, not just, you know, being the backup, but uh, him getting released. I mean, you know, a guy like BB just uh, usually doesn't have any tolerance or patience for something like that. Yeah. Um, it's a tough situation um, for Cam Newton. I mean, specifically, I do agree with you that, you know, vaccine status may have played a part in, you know, whether, you know, he would be on the team, whether he got the job or not, um, you know, which is unfortunate for, you know, guys in the NFL. We've seen some guys, you know, be released or, you know, quit their jobs because of this. Obviously, it's a whole nother topic, but, um, yeah. you know, it is tough to see some of these guys, you yeah. know, dreams go away. And, and it's just crazy times. I think that's really the best way to sum it up. Um, sure. it's kind of crazy that this is a thing, um, yeah. and that this is reality, but, um, it is. And, you know, for Cam Newton, sure. That probably played a part, but I also think it played a part, you know, there's been a lot of reports. I saw one the other day that Mac Jones is teaching Cam Newton the playbook. Like if that's the case, clearly, you know, Cam is, you know, it, it's just, he's just past his prime. I think that's the only way to describe it. Um, if that's the case also, I just don't think the work ethics there. I mean, if you're having to be taught the playbook, if you're, if you know you're going to have competition with the rookie QB who's picked in the first round, you should be on your game. You should be knowing the playbook. Yeah. You should show up to camp prepared, in shape. And clearly Cam Newton, I mean, to me, I've not been high on Cam Newton these past few years. I've said to people who have, you know, said this guy's still a top QB. That's not true. He's way past his prime. We saw that last year. People made excuses. Yeah, he had COVID. He was out for a bit. Then he came back, was not the same. He's just not that good. And clearly him being cut shows that. He hasn't even been signed yet. Um, I don't know if he will be signed, to be honest, until maybe a team suffers an injury or whatnot. But, um, yeah, uh, the Cam Newton era in New England is over. Was I a little surprised by the move? Sure. Um, I, I, I definitely thought they might go into week one with Cam. But clearly, you know, there was no reason to. He wasn't Bill Belichick's guy. And Bill would rather much, even if it, you know, there's some growing pains originally or some time to get adjusted to the NFL for Mac Jones, he'd rather have him go through that. Uh, then start Cam Newton. So that's the decision. They didn't want Cam on the roster too, which is interesting. Um, you know, I think it says more about Cam Newton, honestly, as a, you know, not as a person, but um, maybe the work ethic's just not there. I don't know. I think, you know, it's definitely an interesting situation, but obviously Mac Jones is going to be the starter. Very interesting to see um, this Sunday, what will happen with that. Yeah. I just like to make clear on my, uh, you know, Mac, I think I, you know, reports on the training camp made it clear. He earned that job. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he clearly earned that job. Um, I'm excited to see what he does, uh, but, you know, with Bill Belichick. So. It will be fun for sure. We're going to see three rookie quarterbacks taking in the first round start. Obviously, Trey Lance and uh, Justin Fields will not be playing this week, but we will see the three other ones. And I think with that, unless you have anything else you want to talk about, we can go to the weekly predictions. Um, you know, all right, sounds good. So first, before we do that, we're going to give the floor to someone who has been, you know, founder uh, of this podcast. We'll be here weekly with the Rommel Report. Everyone, Mac Rommel with the weekly predictions. All right. Thanks for that, Mac. We really appreciate that. Glad to see your picks. We'll be keeping track of yours um, right with ours. Um, hope college is treating you well, buddy. And uh, with that, though, I will share the screen and me and Rob are going to go right into it. With these predictions and starting with the Cowboys and the Buccaneers, going to be a fantastic weekend game. We'll see Dak Prescott return to action. Zach Martin is going to be out, though. He has COVID. Rob, who do you got winning the week one opener? Uh, definitely the Buccaneers. Uh, I really don't see, you know, this is a Tom Brady trademark game, you know, where he comes out the opening game. Uh, 
Maybe he's fallen off. Maybe he's washed. And, you know, he throws for 300 yards and four touchdowns, especially <laughs> with the team. I think the Cowboys defense is still so, so, so weak. I think, you know, I think Dak Prescott is an excellent quarterback, uh, but it's going to take him some time to get, you know, reacclimated with his offense, especially against, you know, a defense as formidable as the Buccaneers. And, yeah, I, I just don't see any way the Cowboys are going to even compete in this game. It's probably going to make me look stupid later, but that's my prediction as of now. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the Bucs here too. I think, you know, you can't really pick against the Bucks week one, um, especially against a team like Dallas with the defense they have. You know, offensively, Dallas is a very strong team. Obviously, Prescott coming back. We don't really know what to expect, to be honest. Um, is he going to be, you know, how efficient will he be week one? How healthy is he? There's kind of been conflicting reports, so we'll have to see. Um, but the Tampa Bay defense, we know they click, they've come together, and they can stop any offense in the league. So that's not a concern for me. Um, and I just think this Bucks offense is just still too high-powered. They bring back everyone. They've got the best receiving corps in the league, arguably. Um, you know, it's a team that's going to be tough to stop for a Dallas team that, you know, is going to have some rookies playing. Obviously, they have Michael Parsons now. That should help. He looked good in preseason. Keanu Neal's there now. Um, but it's still just a weak defense. It's still not, like you said, you know, a, a top defense, a mid-defense even. It's still in the bottom of the tier of the NFL. So, um, with that, I'm going to go Tampa Bay. I think you can't really pick against them week one, uh, especially at home, too. Um, you know, seems like a good spot for the Bucks to get their first win of the season. All right, moving on. Seahawks, Colts in Indianapolis. Carson Wentz, uh, the former Eagle himself, will be making his debut with the Colts. Uh, Rob, how do you see this one playing out? Uh, I'm going to pick against Carson Wentz and the Colts. Perhaps, you know, I might have some unconscious bias here. Maybe not so unconscious. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the Colts have had a pretty, you know, pretty crazy offseason, Carson Wentz specifically. Uh, and, I, you know, I or there's maybe no quarterback in NFL history as good as early of the season Russell Wilson before, you know, he goes on he goes on this little four-game dip at the end of the year. But I, <laughs> I, I, I think – you know, I think these are both really good teams, both teams that could definitely win their division, uh, their respective divisions, both teams that I could definitely see in the playoffs. But uh, I think I'm just going to go with Seattle because uh, I think Russell Wilson is a far better quarterback than Carson Wentz. I think that's what it's going to come down to. I agree with you that Russell Wilson is a far better quarterback than Carson Wentz. I'm going to take the opposite on this one. I'm going to go with the Colts here. Um, you know, I, I really like the Colts um, just as a whole. I think they've got one of the best O-lines in the league right up there. Not not on the Browns level. They don't have, like, five all-pros like the Browns do, essentially. But they're a very good offensive line, obviously. Um, you know, I like their offense, to be honest. I know T.Y. Hilton's going to miss some time. Michael Pittman, Harris Campbell, guys like that uh, should fill in fine. And I think that running back, uh, you know, group is going to be the key for these first few weeks, and especially in this game against the Seattle defense that, you know, was bad last year. It didn't improve at all. Um, so I expect the Colts to run the ball a lot. I think we're going to see Jonathan Taylor active uh, and very, you know, used in the in this ball game. Marlon Mack, we'll see his role, obviously, at, at times. You know, he was a starter in this league. We'll see what he can do at this point after coming off the torn Achilles. Um, Naheem Hines in the passing game is pretty good as well. And with this Colts defense, I just feel like the Colts defense is going to be able to stop the Seahawks better than the Seahawks are going to be able to stop the Colts, to be honest. Um, I could be totally wrong. Carson wants to come out and have a terrible game, but to me, I'm gonna go with the Colts in this one. Um, just as a whole, I like the team a little bit better than Seattle, um, but should be a very competitive game for sure. 
I think I'm a little scarred from last year. Some of those Carson Wentz performances. <laughs> Carson Wentz, yeah, he's definitely scarred you a bit. I'm gonna just get a sheet of paper. You can go ahead talk about the next game. Uh, a bit of a bum game here, Jags Texans. I'm gonna um, just write down our predictions. So who do you got here? Uh, I'm probably gonna take the Jags just because I think the Texans are building potentially one of the all-time worst rosters. Uh, truly, I think this team. I, I don't think there's. I, I don't know when we're going to see Deshaun Watson. Uh, I'm glad Tyrod Taylor is getting another opportunity, but I think the Texans are absolutely awful, and I really wouldn't be shocked to see them go 0-16 this year. Uh, I, I think this is one of the worst teams in NFL history. Uh, I think – I think I, I, I really do. I think there are a lot of question marks about the head coach. Uh, same on the other side of the ball. I don't think the Jaguars are too good, but I think – they're good enough, you know, to maybe squeak past the Texans. And of course, I'm ecstatic. I'm excited to see Trevor Lawrence's debut against a pretty weak defense. Yeah, um, Texans going to Owen Owen seventeen now. You have to remember, not Owen sixteen. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I think they're a very bad team. I don't know if they're the worst team in NFL history, but they very well could be. I mean, this is a rough roster. Tara Taylor at starting quarterback. They have like seven running backs that have started in the past, but are all kind of past their prime a bit. Maybe Philip Lindsay could still do something in his prime, but I agree with you. I'm going to go Jags here too. Um, I don't, I'm not high on the Jags. I don't think the Jags are going to be competing. Some people really are big on Trevor Lawrence and think, you know, he'll turn this whole thing around. Um, you know, he'll turn it around eventually, but right now, not this season, their offense should be good. They have good weapons there. Um, James Robinson is a fantastic running back. I truly believe he'll be, uh, do very well in that spot this year, obviously with ETN out. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens, but I do believe Trevor Lawrence will be able to get the job done. And, you know, I just think with the Texans, kind of like what you said, I just don't think this offense is going to be able to score enough. They do have Brandon Cooks, who is really, you know, their only real talent at wide receiver at this point. Um, and, you know, the offense is just not not good enough. I don't think the Jags D is anything special. They traded Joe Schobert recently, their middle linebacker, but you know, I think it's just going to be an, an all right defense, but I think they'll be able to get past the Texans. Um, you know, I just don't think the Texans are too good. They're definitely in, going to be in that bottom three of teams. I think them, the Lions, um, are probably the worst two teams, and, and there's probably a team I'm forgetting that's right down there as well. I don't think the Jets will be with those two teams in terms of how bad. I feel like the Jets are a bit better than those two teams. Hopefully, hopefully the Eagles won't be either, although maybe I want them. Yeah. Maybe I want them. <laughs> well, speaking of your boys in – you know, green, the fly, Eagles fly, going against the Atlanta Falcons, two bird teams here. What do you got here? I'm going to have to pick the Falcons. Unfortunately, it pains me to say, but uh, I really can't see us winning this game. Um, this is, we have a lot of trouble winning in Atlanta. Uh, a couple seasons ago, uh, when I when I was still a Carson Wentz believer, we had the infamous Nelson Aguilar drop. I'm not sure if you remember that. Uh, you know, obviously completely different team, completely different coaching staff. So was that like – it was prime time that game, right? Yeah, it was a, it was a Sunday night football game, I believe. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're going to have a lot of trouble. I know he's just a rookie. Kyle Pitts, I think, is just going to be something else. Um, and I think Darius Slay had a lot of trouble against top receivers last year. Obviously, the Falcons have one of those guys in uh, Calvin Ridley. But in order for us to win this game – you know, it's going to have to be done in the trenches. Uh, I think at this stage, Matt Ryan still is probably a much better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. I'd love to believe in Jalen, but um, I just think uh, some of the firepower the Falcons have on offense is probably just 
just enough to get up to pass. I think it's going to be a close game because I think the Falcons defense is pretty weak, but I think those guys like Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts are just going to be able to squeak out the W for the Falcons. I'm going to go Eagles here, to be honest. Um, kind of just a gut feeling with this one. Um, you know, I think my head tells me to pick the Falcons, but I just have a feeling the Eagles are going to get it done. Obviously, quarterback Jalen Hurts, um, you know, we'll see what he's made of this second year. It could be a big year, especially if the Eagles are competing for, you know, a top five pick or so. We've seen, you know, some of the top QB prospects, Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, not the best week ones from either of those two. Um, not encouraging signs at all from them, but, you know, with the Eagles, this is a kind of a, you know, weirdly enough, a make or break year with Hertz. I don't think they're set in stone on him as the, the quarterback of the future. So he needs to prove himself. Um, and I do believe in him. I think this game, you know, just because of defense, I think the Eagles defense is still a bit better. They have, you know, guys in the secondary, Darius Slay, like you mentioned, who have been there. Fletcher Cox on the D line um, is a guy, another guy I like. The Falcons lost a lot of guys on defense too, um, specifically to the Cowboys. The Cowboys kind of snatched a few of those guys. Um, you know, like you said, star power on offense. The Falcons definitely have more of it. They've got Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, Kyle Pitts is a superb talent. Um, I think he's going to have a great year, but I, I don't think he's going to come out week one and score like sure. have like a Travis Kelsey type game. They do have Hayden Hurst. I think they're going to run two tight end sets, um, and we're going to see what happens. I could be totally wrong. Pitts could be an absolute monster, but I think there'll be some easing into it with Pitts. Ridley should be a beast, but. I think the Eagles, you know, defense, I think their defense will, you know, have a solid game, honestly, for some turnovers. I, you know, Matt Ryan is not prone to the – you know, he'll turn the ball over, that's for sure. So, um, I'm just going to go Eagles. I'm going with the bold one here, giving the Eagles. And let me just say this. I want nothing more than for Jalen Hurts to be good because he's the most – you know, one of the most likable Philly athletes I think I've ever seen. Uh, but I, my prediction is that he's just going to be exceedingly mediocre. I know a lot of people think he's a boomer bust guy, but that's my prediction for how he'll play this year. Yeah. We'll see what happens for sure. Uh, Chargers, Washington football team. It's a really good game. I'll start this one off. I'm going to go with the Chargers here. I'm a big believer in this Chargers team. And Derwin James is going to be on the field week one. And, you know, who knows when, how long he'll be on the field. But he is going to be on the field. They're going to have guys like Joey Bosa. This is an improved O-line. I expect a big year out of Austin Eckler. I think Justin Herbert is going to be a guy who can compete for the MVP this season. Um, I really have a you know huge expectations for Herbert. Obviously, the Washington defense is going to be good. That front seven is one of the best in the league. Um, offensively, I am a little worried with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just don't think it's going to be, it's going to be a good offense. It'll be better than last year's, I think. Um, but it, you know, to me, it's just going to be, you know, it's not going to be amazing. They do have McCoy and they have Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson should be good. Um, but I just think the chargers are, are a team to me that, you know, should win 10 plus games, um, the way I look at it. And, uh, you know, I think this is a game that they're going to be able to out, go there and, uh, just outplay the football team. Um, and guys like Derwin James, Joey Bosa on defense, they're going to be able to, you know, those guys will make a big impact week one. I, I have a feeling. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Chargers as well here. Uh, I think, man, I gotta tell you, I'm just not a believer in Washington at, at, at all. Uh, I've never been. I'm a big Ryan Fitzpatrick fan. However, I'm not a fan as Ryan Fitzpatrick as a 16 game QB. I agree the offense will be better than last year, but it's not really saying much. And I, I agree with you. I, I just I, I agree with you about the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert you know, is a generational talent at the quarterback position. I think, you know, we'll be talking about him on that 
you know, maybe those top top three to five quarterbacks in the league very, very, very soon. Um, if not, you know, by the end of this year. Um, uh, and I think Washington will put up a fight, but I, I think the Chargers just have, it's going to sound, you know, very casual. I just think they, you know, they have more dudes than, more dudes than Washington at the end of the day. Um, uh, I think the big question mark about the Chargers this year is, you know, Brandon Staley, how will he, you know, bring that, Will he bring that, you know, that fantastic Rams defense? Will he, you know, be able to translate that to the Chargers defense as well? I mean, he certainly has the weapons to work with, Bosa and James. And, you know, I I don't think he can be much worse than Anthony Lynn because there were some mind-boggling decisions from him last year. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Anthony Lynn, not one of the best quarterbacks we've seen. I think another, you know, real quick on the Chargers, another X factor for them will be Austin Eckler. He'll be back healthy week one. And he could be so huge. We'll see how uh, the new offensive coordinator, I'm forgetting his name, and I don't want to, you know, just completely make it up. But coming from the Saints, a guy who used Alvin Kamara the way he did, um, it'll be very interesting to see how Eckler is used this season. Moving on to the Steelers and Bills. This is a very good game as well, potentially, with the high-powered Steelers offense. We'll see Najee Harris make his NFL debut against Josh Allen and the Bills. What do you think about this one, Rob? I, I'm definitely going to go with the Bills. You know, they got uh, they're going to have Bills Mafia, you know, out in full force again. Uh, I also think Ben Roethlisberger, quite frankly, I think the guy's cooked. I think uh, I'm surprised the Steelers didn't go in another direction at quarterback because I think you know their roster. They do still have a pretty strong roster. I know a lot of people were calling them, you know, frauds towards the end of last year, maybe myself included. But uh, I still think their roster's pretty strong. But I I can't see them really challenging you know, some of the elite teams in the AFC like Buffalo and, and, you know, a couple of teams in their own division with, uh, you know, 40, 41 year old Ben Roethlisberger quarterback. And yeah, I'm going to go bills. Oh yeah. Keep going. Keep going. My bad. uh, I was just going to add, I I think, you know, the bills are one of the three or four best teams in the NFL. I think Josh Allen might even take another step forward. I know a lot of people are predicting a regression, but I think the guy is in a situation, especially with Brian Dable staying out of here, which really was unexpected. Uh, I think he's going to thrive yet again this year. Yeah, I'm going to go Bills here too. Um, I just think the Steelers, you know, I think they'll be about five, a 500 or so team this year. Um, you know, I'm excited to see Najee Harris. I know I have him in one of my fantasy leagues. I'm excited to see what he does week one and how they use him. Um, I think their offense will be fine. I mean, the O-line is a bit of a concern, but I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. I don't think it's going to be, you know, Jets O-line when Sam Darnold was there kind of bad. Um, but the Bills are, are, like you said, I mean, this is one of the top five teams in the NFL. This is a team with a very high-powered offense that's going to be able to score even against a defense like the Steelers. So I'm not worried about this offense. The Bills have a great defense as well. Um, sometimes forgotten about Trey White, you know, is there. Obviously, they've got a great secondary. Um, you know, linebackers, uh, Matt Milano's there too. He's been good. So they've got guys all around the field that make plays and whatnot. So I'm excited to see what happens. Um, Battle of the Edmonds brothers, I believe. I believe they're all still on these teams. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm going to go Bills here, though. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the Bills should be very good this year. Agreed. All right. With that, we'll go to the Niners and Lions. I mean, this one I think will be pretty easy for us. I'm going to start. I'll go 49ers here. Just the Detroit Lions are a god-awful team. We've even heard that DeAndre Swift might not be ready. He might be able to get on the field too much week one. Um, because of some lagging issue, injury issues he's been having. So, um, I mean, one of the, you know, 
not that that would make a difference, but even with him out, it's obviously not going to go well. Niners should win this one pretty easily. Um, and we'll see Jimmy G once again back at that starting quarterback position with Trey Lance on the sidelines waiting. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Niners as well. I don't think this game will be particularly close. Uh, I think the Niners are just yeah, the Niners are just much better than the Lions. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the, the, that Niners defense will feast on Jared Goff. Uh, and, you know, Penny Sewell struggled a lot in preseason. Uh, so I think I think he's going to be, you know, great lineman because, you know, he's one of the most talented the league has seen in years. But I think, you know, that Niners line will feast on the uh, Lions line. And I think there's just a big mismatch on both sides of the ball. Yeah, this, game. Uh, this won't be this won't be a close game. That's for sure. All right, Vikings, Bengals. Joe Burrow back on the field. It'll be good to see him back. And uh, you know, a Vikings team that um, you know just missed the playoffs, I believe, last year. I don't think they made the playoffs. They didn't. Um, so you know, they're right back in it. They seem to always be in it this year, each year. Um, you know, what do you got with this one? Who do you think will win this one? I'm gonna go with the Vikings. Um, I still think the Bengals are a pretty bad football team. Um, I think their offensive line, I think their offensive line is maybe the worst in the NFL, which is, uh, I actually think it's probably the worst in the NFL, which is saying something considering, you know, with all the bad lines around the league. Um, I feel bad for, uh, Joe Burrow just because he's coming back from that injury and he's going to have to deal with that other line. Um, and I think, you know, Kirk Cousins will do enough to get the job done against a bad team. Like he always does. Um, I think the Vikings are more talented almost every position uh, on the field. Um, and I think, I think Zach Taylor is a terrible coach. Uh, I really do. I think he's being given a little bit too much leeway in Cincinnati, which is kind of a familiar theme there. And I think Mike Zimmer might, you know, run circles with him, especially with a more talented roster. Yeah, I'm going to go Vikings here too. Um, you know, the Bengals, I think that storyline, uh, one of their main storylines right now with the season is Jamar Chase. He looked god-awful in preseason. He's really struggled. That season off uh, clearly has taken a toll on him, and, and you know, he's not the guy who he was that, uh, you know, championship year with Joe Burrow at the moment. Obviously, he, you know, can improve. You know, he should improve. Um, but like you said, I mean, it'll be interesting to see uh, him and Sewell. That's kind of going to be the story for the next two years, uh, what pick they should have made. Penny Sewell, obviously, like you said, he has struggled, um, but I still think long-term that might have been the better choice. They do have guys like T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd already in place. So, you know, add Jamar Chase to that. I just don't feel like that's as big a difference as, you know, putting Penny Sewell on the O-line. Um, that said, it'll be good to see Burrow back. Um, you know, Burrow was great last year before the injury. Um, I expect him to, you know, be solid. Joe Mixon is, you know, still there. He'll be probably average as usual um, at the running back position. And with the Vikings, I mean, this team is built on their offense right now. Um, they go out, they spend their first round pick, I believe on Christian Dara, saw it was, um, you know, who should be a very good tackle for them. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook, um, that's the story. That's who this offense is built around. But Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, those guys are superstars as well. Um, sucks to see Irv Smith go down early for the year. Yeah. I know some people like them in terms of fantasy. Some people thought he might make a jump this year. Um, they did trade for Chris Herndon of the Jets, though. So um, it should be a good offense. I think they'll be able to win this game. But honestly, I could see the Bengals winning this game just, you know, being one of those games. If Kirk has a bad game, um, you know, in Cincinnati, I, I could see the Bengals winning it. But I'm going to stick with the Vikings. Uh, I just think that the better team in this situation. Yeah. All right. I really agree. This one is going to be interesting. Jets, Panthers. Week one, Sam Darnold will 
instantly played the team that traded him away, that drafted him with the number three overall pick. Zach Wilson will make his NFL debut for the Jets. What do you got on this one? You know, uh, I, I think I'm going to take the Jets, Griff. I think I'm going to take the Jets, surprisingly. Really? I think the Jets are a bad team. Uh, I think the Panthers are going to be mediocre, but, you know, I think this, like you said, the, the Eagles over the Falcons is a gut feeling. I think this is my gut feeling pick. Uh, I just think this is going to be, you know, one of those crazy rookie debuts. I think Zach Wilson might tear that uh, Panthers defense apart. I don't know why. I don't have any logic or reasoning behind my uh, – <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I like Arza. I like, you know, it seems – he seems to be building a pretty good culture over there. He seems to be, you know, better than the last guy, certainly. I mean, that's not a very difficult task to accomplish. <laughs> I don't know. I think, you know, maybe he went to start off the Robert Sala there. I'm going to go with the Panthers here. Um, I, I definitely can't pick the Jets. I think, you know, Darnold has looked good in the preseason, that offense, you know, CMC – um, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. I just don't think the Jets are going to be able to stop that defensively. Their, their cornerback group is still horrific. Um, they didn't really address it, to be honest, this offseason um, in the draft or in free agency. I mean, Marcus May is there. They have some better pieces on the D-line. But, uh, you know, Mosley should be back. But we'll see. I mean, I just don't think this is going to be a close game. I think the Panthers' defense is also an underrated part of that team. I mean, they did go out and draft J.C. Horn. They still have Derek Brown, guys like that. Um, you know, uh, what's his name? Oh my God. The rookie last year who was very good. Um, I mean, the safety. I don't know. The safety. I forget um, his name. Freaking, you're killing me here. I wanted to. Hey, Kyle, I this up. Kyle, it's Kyle something. Panthers roster. It's Kyle something. This is killing me. Let's see. Let's go to the defense. Come on. Was it Jeremy Chin? I didn't think it was it Jeremy, Jeremy Chin. It, it must was, have been Jeremy Chin. It was Jeremy Chin. Absolutely. Yeah, Jeremy Chin. That's what I was thinking. I, I was thinking Chin, but then I didn't. But regardless, you know, he's there. They've got some pieces. Shaq Thompson still there. Regardless, I think that offense is just going to be too much for the Jets' defense to stop. They, lose Car- they lost Carl Lawson as well. Um, that hurts. Or, yeah, it was Carl Lawson, right? Did yeah, they yeah. signed – they got, like, Shaq – I don't. Didn't they like lose Carl Lawson? Lost Shaq Carl Lawson and traded for Shaq Lawson. That's so confusing. I'm just gonna stop talking about this Jets team. It's a mess. Give me the Panthers this week. I think Darnold should have a good week one with his new team. You and I uh, picking each other's teams, Griff. I know. It's just the way it is sometimes. But this game is a game that also should be very good. The Cardinals and the Titans. Julio Jones should make his debut, assuming he's healthy. Um, you know, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray in his, what is his third season now? Um, can't believe he's already in his third season. That's kind of crazy. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? I'm going to go with the Titans. Um, I think, you know, that home crowd will certainly help. Um, and I think that the offense is just so good. Uh, uh, I think, you know, there are a lot of question marks about the defense. I think they'll probably be able to handle the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are a little overhyped, and I have to tell you why. I think, I think they have a big disadvantage at the coaching because, uh, you know, at the coach, uh, I don't think Cliff. They talk. I talked about this on the last pod. I really am not a big Cliff believer, um, and I think the Titans are, have just more talent. I think, you know, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones. I mean, you know, the Cardinals have a couple guys on defense, go to Baker, Chandler Jones, but uh, that Titans offense, I think, 
is probably going to prove unstoppable for the Cardinals. And I think the Titans will be able to do enough on, you know, Kyle Miller. They'll be able to probably not stop him, but they'll be able to, you know, contain him for their offense to score enough points, you know, to get them over the finish line. I'm going to go Cardinals here. Um, you know, the Titans are a team that, you know, I've kind of been not as high on as other people. I think um, their offense should be good, no doubt, with Derrick Henry. He's a stud. Uh, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. I mean, to be honest, though, Corey Davis had a great year last year. Julio will be better. Um, you know, he's going to ease the pressure off A.J. Brown. But, you know, I, I expect Julio to miss some games this year. Obviously, he will be there week one. Um, the Cardinals secondary is not their strongest point of their defense. Um, obviously, that that D line and linebacking group is probably stronger. Um, but I don't know. I just feel I, it's kind of a feeling. I, I really like Kyler Murray this season. I think he's going to have a great year. I think they've got great weapons on the offense. The running back position is a huge issue, as well as the O line, which is why I don't think the Cardinals will be a team in the playoffs. Um, but this is kind of just one of those weeks where I feel like Kyler Murray could have a really big week with D Hop. I don't really see a guy on that defense that can stop him. Um, or Kyler in just the terms of, you know, his ability to scramble, make things happen. I think that'll cause Tennessee issues. Um, Ryan Tannehill is also coming off a week where he just had COVID. So we'll see how he's feeling. Obviously, you know, he'll, he's likely to start, but is he a hundred percent? We don't know. Um, you know, it could be, you know, signs of that. So we'll see what happens with that, but I'm going to go Cardinals here. Um, but you know, Titans obviously can easily win this game. All right. Browns Chiefs this is in my opinion easily the best game of the week um I mean two of the top teams in the AFC arguably the two best teams in the AFC I would say um in my opinion so this is gonna be a fantastic game 425 in Kansas City I mean screw red zone at this point I, I think I'm just gonna throw this game on to be honest and watch this um what are you thinking about this one Rob uh, you know, I'm a big Browns believer, but you know, I'm an even bigger Patrick Mahomes guy. Uh, I'm a big Andy Reid guy. Uh, and you can't pick against the Chiefs in Arrowhead, can you, at this stage? Um, so I'm going to go to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I think it's going to be a really close game because I think both of these teams, you know, the, the Chiefs probably have more weaknesses, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Like I said on the last one, I'm really interested to see how that revamped line looks. Obviously, they had some injuries last year, especially in the Super Bowl. But, you know, Patrick was getting killed on almost every drop back. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs because I've seen them lose at Arrowhead, you know, very rarely in the past, you know, in the Patrick Mahomes and Reid era. I'm going to go with the Browns here. Um, I am a big believer in this Cleveland Browns team. And I think if you look at the playoff game last year, Obviously, Mahomes went down, and before that, the Chiefs were kind of cruising along. Um, but this is going to be a completely different Cleveland Browns team than what we saw in that playoff game. First of all, Odell Beckham will be coming back, which I do think – I don't think he's going to be some superstar. I'm not high on you know him in a fantasy respect, but in terms of building that offense and making it even stronger, I mean, that he absolutely does that. He gives you another wider you know, superstar receiver. He's you know an immense talent on that offense. So I think, you know, he only provides a boost. And I think the key for the Cleveland Browns when looking at this team versus the team in the playoffs is that defense. It is going to be so different, so improved. They're going to go and have, you know, guys like Grant Delpit will finally make his Cleveland debut, or should at least, uh, Greg Newsom, JOK, other rookies. And then you've got vets, John Johnson, uh, highly regarded safety. Some people think he's one of the best in the league. Jadavion Clowney will look to have a bounce back season. They signed Troy Hill. You know, he's a veteran cornerback. That's going to help. And I think, you know, when you looked at the playoff game last year, 
that Browns defense, I mean, they had some injuries to the secondary. Obviously, they had some, you know, guys who probably should have been starting in there, um, which I think really contributed to the fact that they got, you know, kind of, you know, it was a rough game for them off, uh, you know, defensively against the Chiefs. I think it's going to be much improved. I think they're going to do a much better job, of, you know, preventing Mahomes to the extent that you are able to. I don't think they'll do it to the level that the Bucs did. I don't think they have that ability, but I think it's going to be a very good game. Um, I'm expecting a, you know, very close game to the end. And I, I just do think the Browns will pull through. I think, you know, the, the, to be honest, I think this is the, uh, you know, most complete team in the NFL. I've said that a few times on this podcast already, but I do believe in the Browns. I think they'll get the job done week one. Um, but this should be a, an incredible game. Honestly, has game of the year potential uh, instantly. And, you know, is a game that, you know, it, it, it's just going to be one of those games that you can't miss, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't really disagree with any of the points you're making. I, I just think the Chiefs, I think they're the best team in the NFL, uh, even with, you know, that Browns, that, sorry, Bucks team in the NFC. Um, I, I think the Browns are going to lose two or three games this year, and this is going to be one of them. Um, I, 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 I just can't pick against the Chiefs in Arrowhead, man. And I, I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes with, you know, even a semi-competent O-line, will tear apart the best of defenses, you know, no matter who's back there. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone has to hear it twice while you're picking the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are, you know, arguably the best team in the NFL. Can't wait to see how that one plays out. Dolphins, Patriots. This is a very good AFC East game. We'll see Tua Tagovailoa go against his former teammate Mac Jones. The long, you know, Mac Jones will finally get that debut, NFL debut. What are your thoughts on this be I'm going to go with the Patriots. Um, I'm really not a big believer in the Dolphins. Um, I think Brian Flores is, is, is a really good coach. Um, I think he knows what he's doing down there. I think he's really turned the direction of the organization down there. But I really see them going like 9-8, and 8-9 eight, eight and nine this year. You know, I think they're going to be painfully average. Um, a lot of people, you know, the biggest question mark for them is clearly the quarterback position. I was a big fan of Tua coming out. I'm really not anymore. I know he I know he looked pretty good in preseason. You know, the Patriots, obviously, they're going to have a pretty formidable defense. You know, getting Dante Hightower back, that's going to be huge to them. Arguably, you know, a, a top five linebacker in the NFL. You know, one of the best when he's healthy. One of the best, you know, of the past decade when he's healthy. But um, I'm just going to go with the Patriots, you know, in Foxborough. The Dolphins have always, you know, had trouble when it's not, you know, beating Patriots. And it's not at Hard Rock Stadium down in Miami. And, you know, I, I just think, you know, that Patriots defense is just going to overwhelm the Dolphins, especially their offensive line. Um, I think it's probably going to be a pretty low-scoring game. I'm interested to see the battle between, you know, Mack and the Dolphins defense, you know, Xavier and Howard, some of those guys. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the Patriots just on the strength of that defense. I'm going to go with New England here, too. Um, like you said, I'm, I've never kind of been a big two-a believer um, you know, even early last year, you can go back on some of the podcasts and, you know, excuse me, um, you know, I had a whole discussion feeling like, you know, just the way he was playing that, you know, it was just not going well, that this guy does not look to be too good. Preseason has looked all right. He's turned the ball over a bit. But to me, I, I just don't know. I'm not a believer in Tua. Um, you know, he'd really have to show me something for me to really change that. I don't know how big the Dolphins internally are believers in Tua. Obviously, you hear Brian Flores go out and say, you know, this is our quarterback. We believe in him. Of course, he's going to say that. But there's also been so many reports that this team wants to trade for the Sean Watson. So clearly, you know, obviously Watson's an incredible talent, but clearly there, you know, feel is some sort of urgency that 
hey, Tua might not be our guy. We've got a pretty good you know, roster right now. Maybe we need to make a move to uh, really compete. Um, so, yeah, I think New England, they've done a great job this offseason. Obviously, uh, I believe Hunter Henry is hurt. He won't be there week one. But Johnny Smith is right there yeah. as a tight end yeah. position. Yeah, they've got great receivers uh, – or not great receivers, but improved receivers, I should say, right. with guys like Kendrick Bourne coming in. Um, and who else did – who was the other receiver they saw? Jacoby, Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers. Okay, yeah. So they have a few guys they brought in. Um, and that defense should be good as well. They brought in. I was going to say Jacoby Myers. I think he'll be much improved. Sorry, they didn't bring – Oh. He's not addition, but, yeah. Yeah, I was confused. I, uh, I sorry, thought they might have brought in another – I don't know who it was. Um, it might have, I think it was someone small um, and whatnot. So, um, regardless, the receiving core should be better. And the defense, they signed, obviously, Matthew Judon. This offseason, that was their big guy, um, as well as, you know, still being a, a, you know, basically retaining a bunch of guys. So, I think New England will win this game. Um, should be an interesting battle. And like you said, kind of low scoring. I get that feeling. A defensive battle, kind of, potentially. Nelson Aguilar was the guy you were thinking of. Nelson Aguilar, yeah, that was the guy. So maybe he's not a huge addition. <laughs> <laughs> um, Broncos, Giants. This should be an interesting game. Um, I'll start on this one. I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos here. I think they're just a better team than the Giants. I'm not a believer in the Giants, as long as they have Daniel Jones at quarterback. I know Saquon should be back, but he's going to be on a snap count for sure. He's not going to be in there. Um, and to be honest, I don't think he's going to be at the level that he needs to be at to be that superstar. I think he's kind of just going to be in there playing, doing what he can. Um, so I'm going to go Broncos here. I think they have a, a top defense in the league. They went out and signed or drafted Sertain, um, which was a big move. Um, they also signed, I believe it was, was it Kyle Fuller or Kendall Fuller? No, it was Kyle Fuller. They brought in Kyle Fuller's there. Um, Von Miller's back. Bradley Chubb's in there. So it should be fun. Very fun to watch this defense. And Teddy Bridgewater, um, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get. He's not going to be a guy who can really get it done, but they've got a great receiving core, um, decent group of running backs, and a good tight end. So I think Denver will get this done uh, in the Meadowlands. Yeah, I mean, the De- Denver definitely. Uh, I'm going to go with Denver. I, I, like you said, I, I really think Daniel Jones is a terrible quarterback. You know, there are a lot of Giants fans watching, so that – you know, might rile him up a little bit, but uh, I just don't think he's the guy. Um, like you said, as long as he is, he's there, I don't see the Giants being successful in any sense of the word. Um, and I agree. I think you know, Teddy B will be Teddy B. He'll be what he, he'll do. What he always does. He'll manage the game well, um, do enough to beat a bad team, just like game managers do. And yeah, for all the same reasons you said, I'm going to go with the Broncos. Yep, pretty easy there. I think Packers Saints, obviously. This game will be played in Jacksonville due to the events of uh, Hurricane, I believe it was Ida, Ida, something like that. Um, but yeah. prayers do go out to those in New Orleans affected by it. Um, I really hope the recovery is going well, that people are getting their power back and whatnot. I haven't checked in, to be honest, and, and seen the latest. So um, my prayers do go out to all those affected. And, uh, you know, obviously we want to see the Saints in uh, the Mercedes-Benz, Mercedes-Benz Superdome once again. This is going to be a good game, though. Jameis Winston will make, you know, really his first start as a Saint. He's played before a little bit. But what are your thoughts on this one? Obviously, it should be a pretty good game. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers. Um, I think the Saints will be good uh, this year. I think, you know, I think I would probably pick them, you know, second finish. I, I, don't, I don't even remember when I picked them last week, to be honest. Probably second or third. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers. Um, I think – you know, they're the MVP of the league on their team. That defense is really good. 
Um, I, I'm really interested to see how Jameis plays, though. I, I don't know if I believe in Jameis or not. Uh, you know, he's obviously one of the more exciting players in the NFL. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers. I just think they're a better team so many areas. Uh, I think the Packers' defense – will handle Jameis and I think Aaron Rodgers will, you know, just be Aaron Rodgers and win this game. And I think, you know, the Packers are one of the elite teams in the NFL yet again. And I think they're just going to come out, especially Aaron Rodgers with a ton of motivation in this game. You know, you know, you might have to say a few things to say to the front office and he might let his play reflect that. And uh, yeah, I just think the Packers are the better team. I think they'll get the job done. Um, kind of a weird feeling I got here. I'm going to go Saints. Um, you know, I think it does hurt them that this isn't in the Superdome and it's going to be in Jacksonville. You know, it's really not going to be a – and there's no advantage anywhere. It's going to – very weird. I don't know how that will be. Um, but it is what it is for the Saints. I like James Winston. Um, he looked good in preseason. He looks focused, motivated. Um, you know, I think that year under Drew Brees and just working on improving um, really helped him. Um, I do think, you know, he's going to be an improved Jameis. He's going to be different. He's not going to turn the ball over as much. I don't think it's possible for him to turn the ball over as much um, as he did in that, you know, ridiculous season. So I'm excited to see what happens um, with the Packers. The Packers are a very good team. They'll be competing for, um, you know, the NFC championship, um, you know, very easily and even a Super Bowl. It's kind of just one of those feelings. I just feel like the Saints um, – defensively might have a good game. And I think Alvin Kamara is going to be able to play pretty well in this game. The Packers, you know, defensively, they do have Jair Alexander. They got guys on the behind, Ken Clark and whatnot, and the Smith brothers. I just feel like Alvin Kamara, um, there's not really a guy on that team that I feel like matches up perfectly with him. I think Alvin Kamara should have a good game. I think Jameis will be able to take advantage of the deep ball. We saw what happened uh, in that Bucks playoff game. Obviously, Jair, you know, who knows who he'll be on with, you know, the wide receiver one really being Marquez Callaway. I think the Saints will draw up some interesting plays. Sean Payton is such a fantastic coach. So I have faith in the Saints that they might be able to, you know, squeeze a win out here. So I'm going to pick the Saints, uh, kind of a bold prediction a little bit. Obviously, the Packers are probably the better team, most you know, most definitely the better team. But I'm going to go Saints here. Why not? All right. All right. You know, I, I, yeah, I have that feeling about, you know, it's my Jets, Panthers gut feeling, I guess. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I it's not – I the Eagles was more of a gut. This one was more like a – you know, I don't know. I just feel like the Saints might get it done. You know, uh, you got to kind of pick some games that you don't know sometimes. Yeah. Um, but moving on to the Sunday night game, which, in my opinion, should not be the Sunday night game whatsoever. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Chicago Bears and the L.A. Rams um, are playing this one. I'll start. Andy Dalton's playing quarterback, and the Rams are one of the best teams in the league. So this should be an easy win for the Rams. They have a fantastic defense. Um, and Matthew Stafford will make his L.A. debut. I'm super excited to see what happens with that. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Uh, obviously, they have those guys, Michelle and Henderson in the backfield. Should be a very good offense this year, very formidable offense. And for the Bears, um, you know, just a mediocre team, a 500 or so team. Obviously, Justin Fields, that's what people want to see. But until then, it'll be Andy Dalton, you know, bringing the Bears some losses. Uh, so, give me the Rams in this one. This is a game that could get ugly, I think. Uh, I'm going to – yeah, this is this, – this is just the game, you know, where you're going to have that hostile atmosphere. I know, you know, the Rams stadium isn't, you know, the best in the league, but Sunday night, new quarterback, you know, uh, against, like you said, uh, Andy Dalton doesn't bode well <laughs> for the Bears. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go the Rams by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Ravens Raiders. I, I like this game a lot. I love Raiders like primetime games, especially in that new stadium. We're going to see fans there. That'll be super exciting to see that atmosphere. 
I know they have like clubs in the end zone and stuff like that. It's kind of a wild stadium, but yeah, I can't wait to see what happens with this one. Um, this should be a good game as well. Lamar Jackson, um, you know, obviously that Baltimore Ravens, they will be affected on offense. So JK Dobbins going to miss the season. I believe, was it a torn ACL that he got? Achilles, uh, I believe. Something like that. Achilles, either or a uh, huge blow to JK Dobbins and the Ravens. Um, which will, you know, we'll see how that plays. Gus Edwards will step in as the RB1. So how do you see this one playing out the Monday night game of the week? No, I'm actually going to pick the Raiders. Um, I think, like you said, that new stadium, they're going to have some motivation to play. I'm a bigger Derek Carr believer than most, I think. Um, yeah, I think the Ravens are going to be much better than the Raiders this year, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Monday, Monday night, you know, 5-15, basically prime time out there. Um I don't know. This is just a game where, you know, I could just see the inferior team winning based off, you know, feeding off that home crowd. I mean, it's not like the Raiders are a bad football team. I think the Raiders, the Ravens are clearly much better. Uh, I think this is a game, one of those games where you could say, wow, why isn't Derek Carr like that, you know, 16 games a year rather than seven or eight. So I'll I'll go with the Raiders here. I'm going to go Raiders as well. Um, The Raiders are kind of a weird team. Um, I'm like kind of in the middle on them. We were, you know, on this podcast, me and Mac were, High on him a bit, uh, or on the Raiders last year when they really, you know, had good weeks in there. And then they kind of fell apart. But this is a team that should be good offensively. I do really like them. They have a great running back group. Josh Jacobs, you know, should really get the bulk of that running work. And Kenyon Drake, really more of a receiving back. Um, Darren Waller is uh, one of the most talented tight ends, in my opinion. This guy is a weapon. Um, he is a must-have in fantasy football. Uh, if you don't already go get him, trade whatever you have to get him. I think he's going to be right there up there with Kelsey this year in fantasy. Um, and they have receivers that I think should be improved. I think Henry Ruggs will be better. He was kind of eh his rookie season. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm not personally huge on him. I don't think he should have gone first uh, in terms of receiver, but that's the Raider way. They reach, they go for the, whatever they want at this point. Um, so I think we'll see rugs be better. And they also have a few guys. I know there's guys like Brian Edwards, um, you know, they got Hunter Renfro still there. So they have guys in pieces and that defense. I mean, they got Yannick Ngakwe, Yannick Nganu. Yannick, is it, Fran- oh my God, I think it's Giannis. And I- I'm botching the same. I'm thinking of Francis Ngannou and I'm thinking of, it's a mess right now. I think it's Yannick Ngakwe, right? Is that- yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, okay. Sorry about that. Mixing up <laughs> Ngakwe and Francis Ngannou. Uh, the UFC heavyweight champ, but um, yeah, I mean, the Raiders defense should be better. Um, I want to see strides from guys like Damon Arnett. Uh, I don't think he was a first round talent, but obviously they picked him in the first round. Um, I'm blanking on if this team had a first round pick and, and who they did. Yeah, pick. Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood, that, of course, another, the reach another, at tackle. So, another, yeah, the, the classic Raiders reach at tackle. You know, I do believe they had a good second round pick, if I remember, though. I think they got yeah. someone who I, I did like. Um, I'll look it up when you're, or this is the last game. <laughs> um, so Raiders, we'll, we'll, we'll look it up. Raiders 2021 draft. I feel like they had a good second round pick. Um, let me see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, oh yeah. Trevon Morig, the safety at number 43 right. was the pick that I'm thinking of guy right. who a lot of people thought would go on day one. Um, so that's a good pick. He'll help the secondary for sure. But yeah. Like you said, this is a good, you know, the Raiders should be a, a 500 team that, you know, play well. I think they'll do well at home this year in that atmosphere. And the mm-hmm. Ravens, you know, a reason I'm also picking against them. I just feel like I haven't seen Lamar Jackson play too well in these primetime games. I mean, I remember last year we had that Chiefs-Ravens game and, and Lamar kind of just fell off. He was terrible. So 
I feel like Lamar Jackson, you know, really has to prove himself in the lights, under the bright lights, under the pressure. Um, the, the, the team hasn't made a deep playoff run really ever. Um, they obviously lost the Titans that, you know, one year last year they beat the Titans, but then they lost to, uh, who did they lose to? Uh, was it the Chiefs? Oh, no, yeah. it was the yeah, Bills, right? Bills. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a good yeah, game. It must have been the Bills. Was that a close game or blanking out? I, I don't remember think. what it was. It might have been. Who knows? But who knows? <laughs> regardless, we're both taking the Raiders here. We won't spend more time than we have to on this. But that will do it. For our week one predictions, it was good to have those back once again. We'll be doing those weekly, um, like we said. Um, and obviously, you know, this is really the only Thursday night game we'll, we'll truly be able to pick. Maybe we'll look ahead, but it's kind of hard to. So, um, you know, I've got the sheet. We're going to keep track of it this year. Maybe we'll figure out something, uh, a punishment or a prize. I don't know what we'll do. Um, but with that, I think we could probably wrap this episode up. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap it up? Uh, I think we're good. Uh... Go Phils. Hopefully they get, you know, get hot. And, uh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a fun week. NFL football, obviously, in a few days now. We're just days away, less than a week away from a Sunday of NFL football. It is so exciting. It's going to be back. And, you know, with that, you know, we'll wrap this one up. So thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Outside the Arena. If you haven't already, please go ahead and subscribe. I know we had very good viewership. Rob Brown, some great viewers on this last episode. So if you are new here, if you're still watching, please go ahead, drop a subscribe. We'd greatly appreciate it. Drop a like as well. Comment what you think. If you have any suggestions, any ideas that you want us to implement, we are always open to it. Also go follow us on our second channel, OTA Clips. You know, we're not as active right now on there, but when there is breaking news, when there is stuff to headline, if Ben Simmons gets traded, We'll make a video on there, breaking it down, breaking down both sides of the deal. So stay tuned to that. Um, it will be a channel to check out. And also go follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, at Outside the Arena on both of those. Follow us both on Instagram. The link for that's in the bio. And follow the podcast on Instagram, at Outside the Arena Podcast. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Good to be back uh, in the NFL season. And, uh, yeah, enjoy uh, this week of NFL football. Take it easy, guys.